Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. The truth is often stranger than fiction, or in this case, scary. A story which seems like the plot of a movie, and some poetic justice at the same time. This is a story of when the hunter becomes the hunted. But before I tell this terrifying tale, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? I'm a little nervous because... You mentioned that this might scare me, and I'm not really a big, like, scary movie guy, and I have a feeling this is going to be about some sort of predator in the woods, but I am drinking probably not enough High West American Prairie bourbon. What about you? Drinking some nine-brand bourbon, and we're going to deal with an apex predator. There's a place in this world cold, decimate, and hard to survive in. But creatures that used to stalk our ancestors, make us get closer to the fire, still live in this frigid, isolated place. This place would be the Primori Forest. This place would be the Primori Forest, one of the largest remaining forests located in the southeast region of Russia. Nick, we're going to Siberia. In the winter, too? <laughs> Did we not learn from Napoleon? The Primi Forest is an interesting forest, to say the least. The forest is roughly the size of 18.2 million football fields and is home to all sorts of creatures that go bump in the dark. Bears, wolves, and perhaps the most deadliest beast in the forest, Siberian tigers. That's right, Nick. We're going to be talking about a big cat. I'm famously against big cats. I don't know if against is the right term. I'm afraid of big cats, I guess is the better better explanation. (laughs) Well, over time, humans slowly started entering the forest, establishing villages and towns. Well, this land is hard to live on, not suitable for people to thrive on. In order to survive in this harsh place, resources must be brought in to help feed the people. And who would bring in these resources to feed the people? None other than the Soviet Union. Thank you, comrade. (laughs) For decades, the former Soviet Union would subsidize this area, bringing in the people food and medicine, helping support logging, but the Soviet Union was beginning to crumble. The 1990s began to roll around, and the state-supported resources were soon cut. As the Soviet Union crumbled, more and more, the people of this forest began to become more and more desperate. What happens more often than not when you are poor and hungry? You begin to look to crime, doing anything to survive. And with the falling of the Soviet Union, borders began to open up. New crime opportunities began to arise. One border that opened up was the border between the Soviet Union and the Chinese. This border opening heavily affected the people of the Primori Forest, for in high demand were exotic animals by the Chinese. The Chinese wished to turn these exotic animals into Eastern mythical medicine, which doesn't work by the way, folks. But when there is a market, 
there will be a group of people to meet that demand. And in 1992, poaching began to heavily increase. A large target of the poachers, both metaphorically and literally, were tigers. People began to venture deep into the forest to hunt these animals. For it became such a profitable animal to the poachers that they began to nickname it Toyotas. For the poachers would receive enough money from each tiger they killed to buy a new Toyota. Damn, that's pretty sweet. I mean, that's not good, but that's a lot of fucking money. That's yeah, that is impressive. For one um, animal. The quantity given per tiger. And like yes. I think uh oh shit, I wish I knew. But like a price of just like a cougar skin, if you were to sell it to like a uh I forget the guy, the name of the people who do that. But you can sell it to the people who take the skins, like coyote skins and stuff, and usually it's like I mean, depends on the quality and a lot. But I think it's somewhere around like five hundred dollars for like a cougar. But the coyotes, it's anywhere from like thirty bucks to a hundred bucks. Yeah, I know in Illinois it was like twenty bucks. But now you have a high demand and there's a market for it. So people began venturing deep into the forest to hunt these animals. And by the end of 1994, the tiger population in this region was cut down by 25%, making the hunters have to venture farther into the forest grass. And Nick, if an animal can survive the culling, which is done by humans for greed, it usually means that animal has adapted and became more dangerous and more aware of humans than previously before. Would you agree? That or it's gotten so deep that humans just can't get there. Well, you just have to listen and find out. Because the Soviet Union had fallen and is no longer supporting this town, a poacher, a poacher by the name of Vladimir Mokov, ventures deep in the forest to kill a tiger. He decides to hunt in the snow hunting in December of 1997. So I guess you are invading Russia in the winter, but it's okay if you're for, a Russian. For those of you who don't know, a, a popular way to hunt cats is to do it in the winter because you can just follow their footsteps right to them. That's what I was thinking. It'd be easier to track the animal. But don't forget, it's also easier for the animal to track you. Oh, I don't think they need... I think they can smell you. I don't think they need to look and look follow your footsteps. On Vladimir's journey, he would come across a tiger feeding on a kill that he had just made. He would try to poach it. He would try to steady his breath, take aim, and shoot the tiger. He did. But he only ended up wounding it. Still, having the strength, the tiger would disappear into the safety of the trees. Missing the kill shot, but I imagine still being hungry. I mean, this is Soviet Russia after all. Vladimir would take the tiger's kill. That was the tiger's kill. An animal, a beast, a creature that in this region weighs around 500 pounds and can be more than 10 feet long from head to tail. That creature was assaulted for greed and had its hard-worked meal stolen from it. This cannot stand. That's not a very communist tiger. <laughs> for those who don't know, tigers are some of the most vindictive creatures in the animal kingdom. They do hold a grudge and they do actively seek revenge. And Vladimir just pissed one off. The animal began to track, stalk, and hunt the hunter. Vladimir, taking his kill and knowing that he just pissed off an apex predator, began to work his way back to his hunting cabinet, where the tiger, adapted and able to move through the snow, quickly outpaced him and would begin to unleash his wrath. The tiger would begin to destroy everything that had Vladimir's scent on it, his traps, his sneers, his gear. 
anything Vladimir had touched, Tiger destroyed. And having the scent of his prey and of Vladimir, the Tiger knew exactly where Vladimir was heading and went to the hunting cabin, where Vladimir took shelter. Almost a little Red Riding Hood situation, the Tiger sat and waited near the cabin as Vladimir went inside. Waiting from an estimate due to him being gone in the cabin and away from his village, somewhere between 12 to 48 hours for little old Vladimir, the tiger waited, waited for Vladimir to come out and play. Armed with his rifle, Vladimir began to make moves, but the tiger waited and waited, waiting for the prey to get right where he wants him. Then before Vladimir could use his rifle, walking out into the snow, the tiger attacked and mauled, killing Vladimir. Almost in a poetic justice way, a poacher killed by his prey. Some time would pass, and other people would come across where Vladimir was killed, only finding boots, a bloody shirt, and a gnawed in, femur. In communist Russia, animal poaches you. <laughs> well, the people knew the creature that did this, but now a new problem arose. This tiger, who just sought revenge, had a new taste for human. And there just happened to be a village nearby. The tiger, hungry, angry, spiteful, or combination of all three, began to stalk humans and stalk the new victim, Andriy Popanya. Andriy was a former soldier of the Soviet Union, young in age, was bold enough for the tiger, going out hunting and foraging. The people of this town were deathly afraid, nearly starving to death, refusing to go out and get more food and, sh and just rationing what they had. Andrew would go out to hunt boar. He would decide to go visit Vladimir's old cabin to see if he could find any game trails. What he did not know is that tigers apparently keep what they kill. And using Vladimir's cabin as for some shelter, and... This is some stories, but I can believe it. This is, might be tall tale, but in some stories, the tiger was even using Vladimir's bed. The it, tiger being a cat, comfy bed inside a shelter. Yeah, it seems like a very cat-like move. <laughs> There's a box I sit. There's a bed I lay. Andrew, seeing fresh tracks, decided to investigate what was in the cabin. Armed with his rifle and believing he was a well-trained soldier, he boldly went forward. Where the tiger jumped killing Andri and eating him, just like the tiger did to Vladimir. The people, now absolutely terrified and scared out of their wits, began to make up fairy tale stories about this tiger and how the tiger undressed poor Andri out of his clothes before eating him, for the tiger did not want the clothes in his stomach. Hearing of the terrible beast terrorizing the people, the government sent police officers to deal with this problem. The tiger, who now fears no man, Saw all these new police officers. I have a quick question: village. Is this a Putin origin story? <laughs> no, it's a little uh, early for Putin. Uh, Putin's a bit on the does, older side. Oh, so he he does age like a normal man, or <laughs> well, when you have that much money, it's kind of hard Good to point. age. Well, the tiger, who now saw the new police officers enter the village, simply saw them as more food, not as a threat. So the tiger did what he did best. Track, stalk, and hunt. The police were hunting the tiger, while the tiger hunted the police. Cats, being very effective hunters, imagined the police were close to the tiger multiple times without even knowing. 
But the tiger waited and waited, waiting for the opportune time to strike. And this is now past winter, so the dense forest is now back, even harder to track and find an animal, even harder to find it in the camouflage. One day, the lead investigator who traveled with the group went a little bit away from his fellow two officers. I imagine in the tiger's mind is, oh no, the little deer has wandered from the pack. How wonderful. The tiger, sensing that this was his opportunity, rushed the investigator, running at full speed towards his prey. The other officers seeing this reached for their guns. The lead investigator frozen in fear. The tiger jumped, leaving into the air to bite and strike down the officer. But apparently, as the story goes, while leaping, and boy, they can leap far, 25 feet if I remember remember correctly, the two other officers were able to get 11 shots into the tiger, killing it before the tiger's teeth could sink into their boss. That was 11 that hit. I wonder how many missed. For how impressive that is, the top speed of one of those tigers is 50 to 60 miles an hour. Yeah, those are uh, they're big boys too. 500 pounds moving let's just say it's a slower cuz it's got injured from Vladimir shooting it, maybe it's only going 40. That is a car about to hit you. That's that's faster than a car in like a commercial street. Like that's you know, and if you're going in downtown, you don't want to cross the road. Those cars going 30 seem like they're going pretty fast. And those cars aren't coming at you trying to kill you. Well, hopefully they're not. (laughs) Well, apparently, from the townspeople and the officers, the tiger had so much momentum that it still landed on the investigator. Could you imagine the fear of having a full-grown tiger land on you, not knowing that your, your fellow officer shot the tiger and was able to save your life? Talk about owing some beers after that close call. From there, the forest went back to mystery rather than being cursed. The village people somewhat returned to a normal life. But if I were to make a guess, an animal, an apex animal with traits of revenge and hunting humans, I have to imagine that it has bred and bore offspring with similar genetics. Who knows? Perhaps many of the Siberian tigers that survive today in that area share the same blood as the tiger who thirsted over human blood. And with that, Nick, you want to go to Siberia with me? That's one I am definitely going to pass on. (laughs) They do have pretty cool trees and really good fishing, so I don't know. (laughs) You just have to deal with apex predators, many of them. Um, hmm. Am I more worried about the the government or the animals? Bears, and (laughs) tigers. Well, Nick, I made this one for you because I saw a giant cat and yep. Russia. Yeah, my two interesting two combina- worst, combination. Well, and China, so like all my worst fears. <laughs> but I cannot imagine even going to this day because they still are in the, the forest. I think there's about 500, if I remember correctly, still existing in this forest. Imagine trying to go and travel through this forest to go hunting for your village. Well, this is, I mean, this is a very real story that this this animal may be a little bit more aggressive, but people still deal with this all over the world. I mean, I know, I know somebody who had this very similar story to this in Alaska. Just humans and animals don't always mix. There's a reason why those Brothers Grimm's tales come to life. They're based in some truth. 
But Nick, I thought Giant Cat thought you might enjoy it, and it's just in time for the season. A hunted that becomes the hunter. I think it's just perfect. And that being said, thank you all for listening. Thank you.